Welcome to a, another episode of Roll to Hit. We join our adventurers Azir, Talon, Thaddeus, and Alfred as they roleplay uh, Josiah, David, Sean, and Rob in uh, an exciting adventure. They of... play us. Yeah. We... <laughs> oh, that's our other. That's our other podcast. Roll to life, live right. life. <laughs> yeah. So this is Roll to Hit. Um, on our last episode, the adventurers had defeated the Shadow, who was a um, a foe who had just discovered a the second artifact of Korth. He had also possessed the first artifact. The first artifact was the amulet that let him uh, control a goblin small army. And the second artifact was a dagger that has some very interesting properties. And now uh, Talon possesses this dagger. Um, it is... Does a decent amount of damage, and it has some. Um, it does some poison damage too. The only and why do you have the deck? I took it. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> okay. And when it's thrown, it materializes back in the owner's hand. Um, it lets you cast Misty Step once a day. Uh, it lets you cast Invisibility once a day. Oh really? I didn't know that. Oh, whoops. <laughs> I guess we didn't discover all the magical <laughs> properties last time. I'll be taking a short, long rest. So, because if that happens, Rob will know what it is after the long rest. If you spend your short or long rest becoming attuned to the item, oh, what do I just stroke the dagger? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> you, spend, you spend the time looking at it, and you learn its magical properties. That's how it works. So yes, that would have happened anyways. <laughs> As it slowly turns into Gollum, we don't need this. <laughs> we just need each other. Um, just have less and less hair as the time goes on. And the what down... Are, what is Misty Step? Can you tell me that now? Nope. <laughs> You're going to have to tune yourself. You're going to have to tune um, myself? Tune yourself. <laughs> um, but the downfall is that the owner... Same, down on different scales. <laughs> the downfall is that the owner is poisoned any uh, while carrying the weapon, which grants disability on attacks and ability Disadvantage. checks. Disadvantage. Give it, the fucking, <laughs> give it the fucking drow who's immune to poison. No, because I want it. <laughs> That's how bad he wants it. Can't they not get... No, they can't get put to sleep. But can't they not get diseases? I can't get yeah, diseases. diseases are different. Yeah, we figured this out, because we looked it up. What the hell's a disease in Dandy? I don't remember, but... I don't know. I'm somehow it doesn't mean... It's anything. not up for discussion. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, we'll kill him in his sleep. <laughs> uh, I don't sleep anymore. <laughs> um, so we... Uh, I just drink healing potions all the time. It's like Max Payne. <laughs> So we, so we left off. Um, doesn't he just take like Tylenol? Yeah. No, he just takes yeah, painkillers. Yeah, yeah. painkillers. <laughs> shaking noise. So we left off as they were. Our adventurers were leaving the cave, and Melvis uh, wanted to go back to Galeen. He wanted to check out his tower to possibly find the location of the third tower. I mean, the third uh, artifact, not Talon. Wait, so who has the goblin army artifact? That would be me. I think Talon took both of them. Wow, this guy. He's going to... Okay. Uh, Come at me, see what happens. (laughs) One day you wake up and he's just wearing this, like, shoddy crown and all these goblins (laughs) goblins around me. (laughs) 
The Goblin King. Um, Do somebody want that? It controls goblins. Yeah, I'm not giving it to you. You're gonna use it for evil. But how does the how does it work? You have no idea. Because if it's charmed, it should be me. Well, let's just take a rest and attune ourselves to everything. And if somebody wants it, I'll give it to them. I mean, it is a hat, right? No, it's an amulet. <laughs> but it goes nice though, sir. So uh, yeah, so you're traveling. Unless you wanted to do anything else, you're traveling. Would you like to travel back uh, to Galeen? <clears throat> I'm going to really quickly, I'm going to run back that, that, uh, the goblin that blew up. I'm going to grab his eyeball or something, something of his, some part of his flesh that is <laughs> left over, if I can get back there. The, which goblin? Just Banjo one or something? Um, <laughs> Benji? Yeah. Oh, Benji. <laughs> okay. Yes, you grab his eyeball. All right, perfect. Everyone is disgusted, uh, myself included. So, um, you're uh-huh. traveling back to, <clears throat> you're traveling back to Galeen. Uh, you obviously fill in, or if it's up to you, you can. It'd be an awkward ride to not talk to Melvis at all. But would you? Are you choosing to fill him in with like what your story is, what happened, who you are? Probably. Do you have any questions for him? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell Melvis. Um, <clears throat> I'll fill him in as to where Tarshin is. Mm-hmm. And I think I already shared some of that when he was yeah. in the cage. But uh, yeah, so I'll let him know that uh, he's in the monastery back in the main city. And uh, and that um, I'm sure eventually he would like to see Melvis. Yeah, he, um, he's, Melvis responds that he, he desires to get back to Tarshin. However, uh, he realizes that there's a more pressing issue to deal with first in that the third artifact... Which is unknown to him. I think last time you had asked him <clears throat> what it does, and he didn't know what it what it did. But he knows it's most likely of great power, and whoever wields it would be a terrible foe. So he wants to figure out. Um, I call dibs. Got it. <laughs> he call wants it. to figure out third artifact where it is and how to find it. So um, anything else you want to ask? Roll for dibs. That's our other podcast. Roll for dibs. Well, technically, I'm no ridiculous. Okay. No, 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 like in-game arm wrestling. So we base it on strength. No, we do it in real life. No, no. <laughs> All right, fine. You want arm wrestling? <clears throat> My strength is minus one. <laughs> no, minus 20. <laughs> I think I just win. So, um... No, no, no. Minus 20. Mine is 20. Automatically? No, that's it's plus five. Yeah. Roll. Oh, oh, talking oh, about oh, modifiers. Yeah. Okay, you're talking about modifiers. I'm talking about natural. 16, son. Uh, hold on. Doesn't matter. I called it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I called it first. It's done. I take out my massive great sword and I say, what? Oh, take out my dagger. <laughs> Owned! Ah, I beat the great Thaddeus in an arm wrestling match, even though I'm weak as hell. <laughs> well. You want to go? You up next? I sulk. <laughs> All right, let's do it. 20. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to use cutting words against uh, Azir. <laughs> Subtract two from that. Uh, I still don't over? get it. <laughs> we don't even know the amulet. Or you no, just said artifact. Artifact. Like, I have twenty strength. That might as well win. You don't even you know. Be ashamed. It's the yeah. third, the third <laughs> artifact that you don't know where it is or what it is. It's probably cursed. Yeah, the amulet <laughs> like, gives of you death. diarrhea or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, screw it. I'm already poisoned. Whatever. I can deal with this. So, um, so yeah. Is there anything you wanted to know from Melvis? Ask him or tell him. Should we ask about Tarshin? Like what happened between them? We don't really know, do we? You, you kind of know. Full story. If, if I can, if you would allow me to recap. Sure. Um, what you do know was from Sidious is that uh, Melvis had fled because he felt that Tarshin was, his evil nature was showing through too much. Uh, so he fled and that 
Yeah, that's basically that's actually all that you know. So there, there is some <laughs> stuff that you don't know. That's what I mean. Do we want to <clears throat> ask him any more about that, or just? <clears throat> It's kind of personal. I mean, if whatever he feels like telling, but I, we don't need to pry. Okay. Maybe we should pry into his mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did Tarshan leave the seat up? Is that why you left? <laughs> so, um, yeah, you can all... Also, this is this is taking a, a, a little bit, so you can all replenish your health. You have time to rest and stuff like that. Okay. So everyone should be back at full health. Um, when you get to Galeen... Uh, Sidious welcomes you. At first, they haven't seen Melvis in, in quite a few time, and at first the town is kind of angry, but then they soon uh, come to forgive him as he explains everything. And um, and now, especially now that they're not werewolves, that, <laughs> that helps too, or vampires. That helps them not be angry for too long. And uh, you all celebrate Flying Skulls Day, which yeah. is, I believe <laughs> two epi- few episodes ago you were they were preparing for it as you walked through the thing. Um, and you have a, a fun day over some tofu fish and uh, and kick, kick around some skulls and nice. it's a great time um, <laughs> how soccer was started <laughs> Melvis uh, investigates his he looks through his tower he looks through some books while all this is going on he doesn't really participate in the festivities mostly because he has no idea what the heck Flying Skulls Day is <laughs> but um, he searches through and, and at the end of the day he comes out to you and says that he, he hasn't really found anything but um, if you travel to scan if we if you would like to, to escort him to Scandrone. He was working with some some uh, professors at the local college there, and uh, to, on this very same thing. That's actually where he went when he uh, he reveals to you. That's where he went when he fled. He went to Scandrone, um, and he was working with some people to discover these artifacts or to figure out where these artifacts were. So he says maybe in the time that he was gone. They could have figured out something about the third artifact, so uh, he asks if you would accompany him to Scandrome. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Road trip. Alfred? Alfred. <sighs> Fine. All right. <laughs> so um, you make it to Scandrone. You make it to Scandrone with no no issues. Again, you're all at, you've been a couple weeks now, so you are, you can add two weeks to all of your ages on your character sheets. <laughs> I know you've been keeping track of the time. Wait, did, who did we do the age thing for? Was that? Oh, that was, uh, uh, uh oh, was yeah. Talon's, Talon's, Talon's like, I, yeah, I gained now. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> you gained or? I gained oh, yeah, because, yeah, oh, because right. you're only like 20, and if you had gone back, you would have been 10. Oh, it was like 11, yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, well, that's what it was, was to go forward. I no, no, was, no, it was an, on an even 11. number, you well, gained I mean, an odd I mean. number. There was a way I could have gone backwards, too. Yeah, that's what I said. child. Yeah. I don't know. What essentially, would have ended my character. Yeah, your strength would have gone down to like minus ten. <laughs> um, you can watch R-rated movies. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, not even old enough to be like escorted into an order. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, we don't treat your kind here, children. <laughs> so, um, so you get back to Scandrone with no no issue. Uh, as you as you enter the city, things look pretty peaceful there. Uh, since you've last departed after the the coup, and uh, you talk to some of the the commoners that you see, and they inform you that since the since the Blue Drake took over took down the the former tyrannical king, they've instilled a uh, socialistic form of government, mm. and it seems to be uh, working for them. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's nice. um, uh, so you head over to uh, the College of Scandrone, which is Scandrone University or SU, and you Melvis uh, leads you to one of the Melvis leads you to one of the buildings. It's actually, the owl bears. <laughs> oh. 
as you as you enter one of the buildings, a, a halfling runs up to you and he says, Novus, bless my socks, could it really be you? We all thought you were dead for sure. Oh, my friend, it's so great to see you. Uh, they embrace each other, and Melvis says, Cordry, how wonderful it is to see you. I am indeed alive, much thanks to these brave adventurers. And uh, the halfling says back to him, Bless my feet, it's the Magnificent Four. He looks all at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ones who saved Scandrone. Oh my, I never thought I would be graced with the presence of such heroes. Um, his eyes go wide as he looks at Alfred's lute, the fabled lute of Alfred the Great. If ever I could hear a tune being played by such a minstrel, I could die happy. No. <laughs> never juggled in a while. Yeah. This is some halfling. I'm going to give the halfling my cracked lute that doesn't work anymore. He can have it. He, he, He's not going to explode, is he? <laughs> he um he he's like he's like he's like thank thank you sir and then um novice novice chuckles he says cordry pull yourself together cordry pull yourself together man there's still work to be done we've recovered two of the ancient artifacts of korth pray tell me my friend is there word on the third and um the cordry the halfling he gets he gets serious and he says oh what what wonderful news and your timing could not have been better. I've just received a tip about the possible whereabouts of the third artifact. This person said it was right here in Scandrone. And Novus says, By my beard, who gave you this tip? And then Cordry gets a little uneasy and he starts kind of like pulling out his collar like, uh, uh, Well, uh, I think you should handle this one, Melvis. Uh, and maybe take the adventures with you. This, this fellow is sort of a uh, character. Uh, he said to meet him tonight by the steps of the old library on the east side of town, and uh, he believes he knows where the artifact is. So Novice is like, Okay, adventurers, would you like to, the Magnificent Four? Would you like to come come accompany me? Uh, I just want to point out that Scandrone has many shops. If anybody needs to replenish things, like health potions that you seem to keep bumming off of me. <laughs> just saying. Now that we're that officially now. the Magnificent Four, you think we should get matching jackets or something? <laughs> <laughs> And hats, right? Yeah. I'm going to go actually hang out with the bartender. (laughs) I gave her a note last time, so I want to see what's going on there. Check her tender profile. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, so, yeah, you have plenty of time. It's it's the the middle of the day, and and this uh, person said not to meet them till later on at night, so you want to go get some health potions? And hit start, and then go to meditate, and then (laughs) clock. I have two, so I'm I'm good. (coughs) I have, like, no money. You never have too many health. Oh, that could be because you give it all away, but yeah. that's none of mine. But he takes all the treasures. <laughs> I got nothing. one thing this entire no, thing. You have two things. Two things. Anyways, this entire Out of how many? I don't know. Like three. <laughs> yeah. He got the wand. The wand, the Cookie drift wands. globe. Drift, drift globe. globe, yeah. Oh. Das loot. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought the loot, you assholes. Uh, I wanted that loot that's for myself. True. That's true. You get all the money. What are you talking about? You have because like thousands of gold. Money. I started with money. Yeah. He's, he old, he's money. old money. Yeah. Bougie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Even though I'm an urchin. <laughs> but I, I picked myself out. You stole in the street. Okay, so you go to the um, shop, and again you're greeted by the Magnificent Four in my shop. And um, the shopkeeper is uh, willing to cut you a deal. Would you like to buy some some potions? They have a couple different kinds. They have the regular healing potions as a diet. <laughs> Lime twist. Oh, that would have been funny. <laughs> if I if I had thought to do that. That should have been my joke. 
Okay. Yes, here we go, finally. So uh, they have the, the regular potion of healing, they have the potion of greater healing, and they have the potion of superior healing. The, then they cost 50 gold pieces for the potion of healing, 100 gold pieces for the potion of greater healing, which is 44 plus 4, and then uh, 500 gold pieces for the potion of superior healing, which is 84 plus 8. Oh, this is a really great discount you're offering us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's that potion's that potion of superior healing is normally 2,000 gold pieces. I happen to know that this is made overseas with child labor and costs you pennies to produce. Well, sir, I think you should take your uh, your business elsewhere. It's fine. I gotta go see the bartender anyway. I leave. <laughs> All right. Is anyone else good? I don't have anything, and I'm, I'm okay. Nope. I need to stock up on darts. Oh, luckily we also sell darts. <laughs> or other thrown weapons, I suppose. I, I, I don't have Ninja to, stars. I don't have to keep throwing darts. At Ninja stars. Ninja stars. He says, well, we mostly just sell different types of healing potions, but I do have some weapons. Let me show you what kind of weapons I have. Like a magic rock plus two or something? <laughs> so uh, we got a special on darts. That would be uh, 50 darts for two silver pieces. That's a lot of darts. It's a lot of darts. It's a lot of darts. He reiterates. <laughs> uh, we also. What else were you looking for? Let me tell you if I have it. Any any simple <clears> weapon <throat> that can be thrown. Well, we got your standard dagger, your hand axe, um, some javs. That's what I call javelins. <laughs> uh, some small hammers. Oof. <laughs> be like the, the Hammer Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, spears. We actually have quite a lot for being a potion of, of healing store, but... You could probably use a spear as, like, a uh, bow staff, right? Kind of? Just with a pointy end? What does your bow staff... How much damage does it do? Uh, 1d8. If I use... Because it's versatile, so when I use... I always use two hands. S- same thing with the, the spear. Uh, I guess it's just uh, different. A two-handed spear is actually a pike? Okay. <laughs> I have to go see the bartender now, though. Bye. <laughs> well, this... I thought you were going to see the bartender. I, I pop in the window. <laughs> Well, a pike is something different that we do not have, actually. So a spear can be used two-handed because it's also a versatile weapon. No. <laughs> um, so it's the spear is 1d6 normally and then 1d8 two-handed, and it can be thrown 2060. Uh, javelins? Like, yes. H- how big are the javelins? Like, can you put several in a, in a quarrel? And- yeah, yeah, you can hold about five or six, I, I believe. I'll take jab, jabs. As you will. Yes. Thank you for referring to them by the same thing that I call them. How much are those? So five. I'll cut your deal for 20 silver pieces. And in the nice carrying case? 21 silver pieces. With my initials? 50 gold pieces. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll do the generic one. Vegan vegan leather. (laughs) Oh, yes. 10 gold. 10 silver pieces. (laughs) So a total of 20 silver pieces. And what's the uh, what's the damage and distance on that? One um, d six piercing. Wow, they only weigh two pounds. That seems like each? a very light javelin. <laughs> you throw it and it just gets blown away. <laughs> yeah, each, and it's the throwing is thirty one twenty. So within thirty, you're good. Within one twenty, you have disadvantage, and you'll have to train Olympic style if you want to extend that range. Anyone else need anything? That is no healing potions. Nope. I think, well, I mean, uh, Alfred and I can both heal, and I think I have a potion or two, so I think I think we'll be okay. Okay. So just to clarify, sorry, mm-hmm. the javelins are simple weapons? Yes, yeah, simple melee. For simple people. For simple people. And what about these darts? I'm, I'm good on darts. All right. Thank you. Fine. 
right. Any, anybody else need to stop at any stores? I'm good. All right. So you uh, you kind of go around the city until walk around the city until it's nightfall when you're uh, you were told to rendezvous with this character. Yeah, see that old French. What happened <laughs> with the bartender? Uh, I, I'm not a kiss and tell kind of guy. <laughs> so nothing. She shot you down. He has a black eye. Curiously. <laughs> Throw a used condom attempt. <laughs> you can you can mark used condom off of you can cross that off of your inventory, Rob. You can put that in your inventory. I'm not keeping it. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, magnificent four. <laughs> you give it to what's that guy who's shaking? <laughs> Come back somehow. They've like extracted <laughs> semen. There's they've all these little alphas here. <laughs> What's up, Roll to Hit fans? This is Rob Steller, a.k.a. Talon, thanking you so much for listening to the show and for continuing to support us. We are so grateful for your love and feedback, and we're continuing to work on improving the quality of the show. One way you can help us out is by checking out our sponsor, Audible. There are thousands and thousands of books that you can have read to you by celebrities on Audible, and we have the best way for you to sign up. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial by going to audibletrial.com slash roll to hit. You can cancel at any point, and you don't even have to spend a penny. And each person that subscribes using that link will help fund our show so that we can get better mics and improve the quality of our program. Please help us out by signing up today at audibletrial.com slash hit. Also, be sure to visit our website at rolltohit.audio where you can listen to the show, see artwork submitted by fans, and see our character sheets and maps from the campaign. As always, keep sending us your comments and feedback on the website. You can find posts for making the show on Instagram at Robbie Stells or Stay Pizzative. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a rating and share us with your friends. All right, that's it for me. Thanks again for listening, and here's more Roll to Hit. All right, so you you go up to a very a weird turn. <laughs> <laughs> you approach a a very old building. It's almost almost ancient looking. It looks much older than uh, a lot of the other architecture in Scandrone. It looks a little decrepit, but you can tell that it was probably purposely not repaired to maintain the original architecture and design. Uh, there's a more modern looking find in sign. Sorry, there's a more modern looking sign in front that says "Ye Old Library." So as you approach. You approach the steps of the library, which does appear to be open. As you approach the steps to the library, you hear a voice uh, from the shadows to the left of the steps say, Ah, so you finally made it. And it's it's dark, but you can see the, the red light of a cigarette kind of like light up and some smoke come out. And um, a small figure about three feet tall uh, in a standing in a like a duster coat, trench coat type thing, steps halfway out of the shadows. He says, so I hear you're looking for an artifact, an ancient artifact. You've come to the right person. Uh, Melvis starts to say, well, actually, I heard it was you who came to... And the figure cuts him off and says, yep, if it wasn't for me helping you amateurs out, I'd say you would have never found this artifact. Let me introduce myself. And he begins stepping out of the shadows. And as he steps out of shadows, he says the names and he gets cut off because he trips over his feet and just starts, like <laughs> tumbles to the ground. And a, a magnifying glass kind of like spills out of one of his pockets. And he kind of like <laughs> he scrambles to pick it up and then he stands up and brushes himself off. 
and then like like nothing actually happened. He just goes, "The name's Gnomes, Sherlock Gnomes, <laughs> private detective." <laughs> There isn't a case in the world I can't solve, a criminal I can't catch. If it's this artifact you want, then I'm your man to find it. Yes. Yes. So, um, so yeah, you're all just kind of standing there, and you, like, mouths agape, and he kind of looks, he looks you up and down, and he says, all right, let's go. And he, so he starts jogging up the steps of the, the library. <laughs> um, are you going to go after him? Yes. All right. So as you're, as you're walking into the library, Gnomes explains, I was studying the architecture of this old building. You see, architecture is a hobby of mine, and I noticed something strange about one of the study rooms. One of the rooms that has been shut off from the public for a very, very long time. The structure doesn't make sense. The room must lead to somewhere else. Hang on, let me get access to this room. So you're inside the library, and he steps up to like the, the reception desk, and there's a human woman sitting behind the desk, and he says... Hey, Toots, what's about you letting me and my gang here get access to the private study room in the basement? Private, de- <laughs> private detective work type stuff. Top secret. And he, puffed, he takes a puff of his cigarette. And uh, the woman, who did not notice him up to this point because he was below the, the, the height of the desk, kind of leans over the desk and just says, no smoking. And she looks up and she sees you and she says... Yeah, the, 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 the Magnificent Four Of course you can have access Such celebrities in my mist And um, Sherlock Gnomes turns around And he gives you a wink and he says I told you I'm famous around here <laughs> <laughs> So um, you head down into a, the, like, the basement level Into a small room This is the, the study room that he was talking about The walls are all stone uh, It's about 20 by 20 feet So it's a pretty small room there's cobwebs everywhere, and it's pretty clear that no one's been down here for a while. Uh, there's a bookshelf on the... So you're coming into the room. You can see a bookshelf on the far end of the room filled with a lot of really old-looking books. There's a chest on the left side of the room, above which hangs three paintings, which are on the wall. And they all seem to be of the same same person, some human man. Uh, there's a table in the center of the room with a bunch of papers scattered over it. And then the right wall is blank, except for uh, two lit candles on the top left and top right of the wall. And Gnomes says, Ha! Child's play! It's obvious that the secret passageway is behind the bookshelf, and it's triggered by one of these books. And he goes over to the bookshelf, and he whips out his magnifying glass, and he starts looking, and he says, Let's see, let's see. Ah, yes, a beginner's guide to fishing. Beginners, this must be where the trail starts. And here we go, here we go. Uh, fishing secrets, that's it, that's it, that's all about secrets, I got this, alright, secrets, secrets, secrets of the tomb. Quite a saucy novel, I've read that one, that was almost too obvious. And here we go, tomb ends, this must be it. And he pulls out the book, and he just like whips around and, and holds up the book up in the air, in like a really dramatic pose, and absolutely nothing happens. <laughs> and he says, hmm... Very strange. So he starts mumbling. Must be this one. And he pulls out another book and nothing happens. And then you just hear him start mumbling to himself and he's just like <laughs> pulling out books from the bookshelf and like throwing them on the ground. So what would you like to do? Wanna, is there a witcher sensor? Want to investigate the papers on the table? All right. So you look at the papers on the table. Roll a uh, perception check. Twelve. So the papers seem to be, even though this room looks, it looks older than... Um, than something you would find in like a mo- in in like a modern library, these papers seem to be papers about like book references and checking out books that do look more modern. It looks like it's probably from the the, the current installment of this library, whatever system they're using, possibly the Dewey Decimal System, which you kind of think probably didn't exist back when this library was first 
around. So it's like more modern looking papers. I destroy them. <laughs> Alright. They are destroyed. Uh, I would like to <laughs> look at these paintings in more detail. Alright. So um, the, from left to right, the first the, on the left, the first painting is a man standing in a room and he's uh, holding a piece of paper and pointing towards you. He's pointing at you. And Azir, go ahead and roll a perception check. Um, <clears throat> it's like a painting. Uh, I, I think it's a... It's, let me check my modifier, but it's pretty low. It's a, I think it's a five. Five? All right. Yes, it is indeed a painting. Can I... Possibly acrylic. Can I follow the finger? <laughs> yes. Where he's pointing? He is pointing... Well, he's pointing at you. This is on the left side of the room, right, so he's like, pointing towards the right side of the room, and you follow exactly his path, and you get to the, the other side of the wall, the blank wall. Like, this was the blank wall with the, the two candles. Because this was the paintings are on the left side of the room, the right side of the room is that's just a blank. The right wall is a blank wall. Got it. There's a blank space there. With two <laughs> candles? With two candles in the top left, top right. Touch the candles, Talon! Blow on them. <laughs> Can I blow out the candles? <laughs> you want to blow out the candles? <laughs> yes. Alright, the room is now very dark. Uh, I take out my drift globes. We can all see. I have superior dark vision. I, I, I mean, I, I could just—I yeah, have that uh, trick now that I learned that I can just <laughs> light, light them back up. So now the the candles are out. Uh, nothing happened, and the room is illuminated by the drift globe. It's mood lighting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pull, pull on the candles. All right. Uh, go ahead. Roll a perception check. Seventeen. Can you also go ahead roll a strength check? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're too weak to pull the candles. Uh, 13. 13? So you kind of unhinge one of the candles a little bit. It's still on the wall, but it, you kind of pulled it out a little bit. It's, <laughs> it's bent, and you notice nothing. I'm an asshole. <laughs> what are the other two paintings? So you go up to the second painting. It is the same man. You don't have to roll a perception check for that. You can look, <laughs> la- you can look at the two of them and notice that it's the same person. And um, he's facing you again, and both of his hands are at his sides. And go ahead and roll a perception check. 20. Not natural. 20? Okay. Uh, you notice three things. You notice that he is in the same room that you are right now. Mm. He is... He's in the same room that you are, and you can tell that because you can see, like, the bookshelf and the table. And so you kind of put it together. You're like, this looks like the room that I'm in. But he's standing against... The blank wall. He's standing against that right wall, um, and he's facing towards you. And although he's blocking the wall, uh, you notice that there does seem to be something written on the wall, written or scribbled somehow on the wall. And it looks like it's not writing. It looks like a shape. But since he's standing in front of it, you can't really see enough of it to tell what it is. And then you also notice that he seems to be um, holding something in his hand, possibly like a piece of... It looks like a small piece of chalk in his left hand. And the third painting? The third painting, same man. Um, and he's, he's, his, it's the same man, same, in the same position that he was in, in the last one, except his hands are kind of like outstretched at this point. So roll a perception check. Twelve. Twelve. Um, you don't notice anything else about this painting. Hmm. I was hoping it'd be like Men in Black, where you just follow like, yeah. all the things that are playing. <laughs> I was thinking. Now, who would put pizza boxes? In <laughs> 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 all right, so the first one is pointing straight out. Mm-hmm. The second one, he has his hands down to the side, holding chalk, and there seems to be something written behind him. Yep. And the third one is his arms are just out. Yes. Like, you guys do like the YMCA? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, let's check the wall for, like, just run our hands against that blank wall. All right. Roll a perception check. I have a feat that gives me extra sensitive fingers. <laughs> 23. So you... Natural. You have <laughs> <laughs> a 23-sided die. So you run your hand um, along it, and you don't, you don't feel anything unnatural about this, hmm. this stone. Can I take out my lantern? Close your eyes. Can I take out my lantern and shine it on the wall to see if there's, like, invisible ink <clears throat> yes. type thing? So you take out the lantern, uh, you shine it on the wall, Azir closes his eyes tightly, and you uh, do not see anything. It's just a blank wall. Damn it. Is there any, um... I'll, any... I'll close it. Okay. <laughs> Azir will shine it into Azir's eyes. <laughs> um, is there any kind of sand or dust that we can throw against the wall that might stick? There's, like, dirt. I guess there's dirt or something. <laughs> there's dirt. Or something, and you throw it against the wall, and you uh, you don't nothing sticks. Are there books about chalk in that bookcase? Go ahead, and roll a perception check. Twenty-one. No. <laughs> there are not. Wait, if he didn't, would he think there are books about chalk? <laughs> this doesn't seem to be about chalk, Harry Potter. But so in in the three paintings, the guys you said pointing straight, holding chalk, and then stretching or something. Hold. Uh, first one, he's pointing at you. He's pointing straight ahead. The second one, he's standing with his hands by his side. And the third one, he's just standing with outstretched arms. And kind of like a, almost like... Jesus. Yeah. And in each picture, is he in a different part of the room, or is he the same? That's a good question. He's in the same part of the room in all of them. So I'll stand in that same part of the room and do that motion. Which one? The, the, the three... Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> um, nothing happens. I mean, just keep on doing it. <laughs> all right. All right, well, he stands <laughs> in the corner. So... So he's he has his back to the wall and he's pointing to the paintings, right? Yes. Well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So if so, you notice so that like if I stood where he was standing and pointed, it would direct me to the paintings. It's actually a little bit. He's pointing straight and a little bit down. What's beneath the painting? The chest. What's in the chest? All right, you open up the chest and um, trap treasure chest. You're all done. <laughs> Dark Souls. Um, <laughs> You didn't, you, hit it. It. you didn't hit it first to see if it was... Yeah, yeah exactly. Those damn mimics. So you open up the chest, and there are hundreds of, of papers in that chest as well. Uh, but looking through these papers, it seems like they are much, much older than the, than the papers that are on the desk. There's just kind of like a lot of formulas and equations and like graphs and drawings and stuff like that. A lot of... Um, not a lot of text. More so like it looks like mathy type stuff. No diary notes. No diary notes. Melvis, can you make sense of any of these? I got no idea. Okay. I think you guys got to solve this puzzle yourselves. <laughs> can I ask him again? And he'll just repeat it over and over. <laughs> yeah. I got no idea. <laughs> I want to ask you about something else. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> There's no chalk in the room anywhere? Now, is, you don't see any. The chest only has papers. There's nothing. If we go, if we like dig out the papers, there's nothing underneath or anything. Uh, you take out all of the papers and you climb in the chest, and you are now in Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's just papers. Turkish delight. <laughs> all I remember for that book. Yep. What, yeah. is, what is gnomes doing this entire time? He's, he's still he's ripping out the he's ripping out the like, he's like mumbling to himself and like he's like oh, it's gotta be in here somewhere and he's like ripping out the books from the shelves. So the second painting sounded pretty interesting. Holding chalk and there's some shadowy figure or something. What happened now? Um, he's like cover. He's standing in front of something drawn on the wall. Yeah. Oh, so he drew it with the chalk. Right. Okay. 
And the, the magic door opens. <laughs> All you have to do is say that. Oh, he drew it with the chalk. <laughs> uh, can, I, can I look behind the painting? Yes. Yeah, you take the painting off the wall. Uh, there's a nail that the painting was hanging, hanging on. Ooh. Oh, God. <laughs> you want the nail, don't you? No. It's just interesting. These nails were very expensive back in these days. <laughs> Put a hat on it. Could. Door opens. Um, all the paintings, there's nothing behind them besides a nail. A nail. One nail for all three paintings. No. Three nails. Are there any three paintings? Nails in One the wall somewhere? <laughs> no. Um, like, like they weren't moving. Roll a perception check. <laughs> 19? No. <laughs> you scour the, 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 um, you scour the room and there are no other nails. Can you look at the name of the artist of the painting that he signed? So there's only, um, one, there's only, the first painting is the only one that's signed, and it is signed in the bottom right by Korth. Dun, dun, dun. Wait, Korth? Him? Can I stab the wall with a dagger? <laughs> the wall? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It was his dagger, an amulet. Oh, yeah. Wait, is she- <laughs> I feel like you should know this. Shouldn't all of your checks be made with disadvantage, Rob? Because you're currently I'm not poisoned. holding it. Oh, but it's on your person. I think it's on your person. Everything is permanently disadvantaged. You if said? you're, po- aren't you poisoned? No, no, he has to hold it. He has to hold it. I'm holding it. Yeah, he has to hold it. I think you should hold on to it. No, I'm just saying you should you should share the load, Mr. Frodo. Just <laughs> <laughs> share the load. Yeah. Close up on oh, Alfred's mouth. <laughs> any ideas? Uh, anybody have any chalk? You can start drawing on the wall. No. Draw a door and then uh, knock. Is there anything that would make chalk appear on the wall? Minor don't you have chalk hand or something? Uh, raised teacher. No, uh, no, I don't. The wall's not like covered, right? <laughs> with dust or something? Nope. Well, it, no, yeah, it's dirt. like cobwebby. But I mean, yeah, now it's dust. covered in dirt like, because. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. like if I brush it away, there's nothing behind nope. it. Nope. Right? Nope. I want to cast minor illusion on the wall, looking exactly like the chalk outline does. You can only see because he's most of his body is covering it. So you can you can do a minor illusion of like the the side parts if you want, but you can only see part of the design. I'm going to do an inside check to figure out the rest of the, of the painting. What do you mean? I'm just going to use my insight to get it correct automatically. So you can roll two. <laughs> you can do a perception check on the painting no. to see if there's anything else you didn't notice. Insight to cheat why the game. Why don't the rest of you do perception on the, paint, the third and first painting? Yeah, I'll, I'll check. So which one did I see? I saw the... You did the first one. The I first did the one. second. Uh, as... Well, as a side note, do you think we should have some kind of rule for this? Because clearly we know when we fail a perception check, we know something could happen. And then if we all keep doing perception check, like in the real in a real situation, he would say, "Oh, there's nothing here," and then we wouldn't think much of it. We wouldn't. Do you think? Well, we'd I think all it's like again? I think it's like. You know what I'm saying? I think since Josiah, uh, <clears throat> since Azir did the um, did the perception check on the first one, like you can't go back. Like, yeah. like doing the percentage check on that first one was your character looking at that first one and seeing like, well, that's all that I've could notice. From yeah, that. yeah. But I could say, hey, check this out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So everyone else can. Or do like, it. if I didn't notice okay. anything, I might not just not say anything. Like, I'd be like, I don't if, know if anything about this painting. If we fail perception check, well, I guess though, I guess realistically, you'd ask everybody else to look too. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Fine. So yeah, let's all perception check on the what is it? Third painting. I already did it. Which one was the third? Him standing in front of the outstretched Jesus. arms. Jesus. Jesus' hands? Yeah. Twelve? Eleven. Alfred? Alfred? I'm going to protest because we should be doing investigation, not perception. 
Okay. Okay. You can use investigation if you want. Well, it's a lot worse than my perception. Then why would you say that? No, mine too. Because perception is more for knowing your surroundings, like knowing if there are aliens in the room. <laughs> Did you roll oh, I thought we were doing. Yeah, this. we can do investigations. Yeah. Fifteen. What? Twelve. This isn't. Be much better. <laughs> One. So you I, like, tear the painting. <laughs> it's in the other room, and go back to where we came from. You really don't notice anything about this last painting. Uh, I'm gonna go up uh, where the paintings are and just knock on the walls behind the paintings, see if mm-hmm. they sound any different. Nope. No. Sound the same. Yeah. Well, I guess I have to see them to detect evil. <laughs> it's like an <laughs> evil goblin hiding right behind. Um, so we we read the papers in the chest, roughly. There's a lot of papers. You looked at them. And the papers were of, like, formulas, equations, drawings, that kind of stuff. Do any of them seem different? Is, is there one yellow paper? Like, I, I mean, do any of the drawings look like they might be the, like, full drawing of the chalk thing? Roll in investigation check. 14. You do find a drawing that you think... You can look at the outer edges and you're like, oh, that kind of looks like that drawing that's on the that's on that wall. That could be that. What's the drawing? <laughs> it's just like a, a geometric design. Maybe we have to draw it. We found yeah. the Tesseract. Transformers come in. Yeah, let's draw it. We don't have anything to draw with. Use your blood. <laughs> no. <laughs> <I'll pass>. um, <laughs> what could we draw it with? I got a disguise kit, which will have some makeup, lipstick? makeup and paint in there. It's got a lipstick in it. <laughs> yeah, use lipstick to uh, draw this geometric shape, please, Alfred, if you will. I'm going to see what I actually have. Some rouge, perhaps? Blush. Eyeliner. Guy liner. Guy liner. So you're drawing it? That. Why would I not print out the, the adventuring gear page? Jerk. Oh, no, here it is. Tools. It's, oh. it's a tool, not, a, not gear. Oh. Hair dye and small props. Thank you, Dicks. <laughs> it says cosmetics, so fine, yeah. I've got lipstick. All right. So you draw it on? Yeah. First and put it, some on you. <laughs> and it takes, it takes just the exact amount of lipstick, so you can cross <laughs> off lipstick from your... Inventory? I think I'm unlimited as long as I have this kit. Because this weird, it's this weird nonsense of things you have. All right. Anyways, so you draw it on, and as soon as you close up the last circle in the design, the the bookshelf kind of like slides. It like slides over, mm-hmm. and behind the bookshelf, a, a um, the the wall just kind of slides up to reveal a secret passageway and gnomes. <laughs> I said, "Hey, gnomes, you did it!" And he's like, he's like breathing really heavy at this point. He's like, ah. he's like, Whew, easy cake, I got it. And um, so, yes. So now there's a staircase to heaven. What's that? To heaven? Yes, stairway. <laughs> yeah, let's go up it cautiously. Go down it. Down it. Who's taking I'm going point? Up. <laughs> who's who's yeah. taking point? I guess I can. The tank. Uh, well, I guess, are we stealthing them? <laughs> the bard. The bardic <laughs> tank. You'll <laughs> the story. Well, um, what is it? Is it dark? Like, is it... I yeah, it's know. dark. You can't... It's you, you, All you can stealth. see is, like, the passageway. You can't really see much else. Okay, uh, I'll take point. I guess we decide later we'll switch it up. And is, how narrow is it? Like, can we all... Two people. Two people, okay. So, I guess, probably Azir, because you can stealth ahead if you need to. Uh, Sure. He's just gonna use me as a, <laughs> as a flesh shield. shield. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, I guess I have superior dark vision. Let me see 120 feet. All right. Um, so Melvis is like, 
Guys, I'm gonna. Uh, this place is giving me the heebie-jeebies. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna stay in this room. Uh, thanks, Mel. You're welcome. <laughs> is gnomes coming? Yeah. yeah. What's gnomes? Oh yeah. Up? He's he's like already skipping down the <laughs> passage. He has this like magnifying glass on. He's just kind of like looking down at stuff. Okay. Well, I guess we're not sneaking around. Are you gonna like say, hey, hey, gnomes, hey, gnomesy, get in the back? Or are you gonna just let him walk into this thing? Yeah. Um, hold on. We we have to be cautious, Mister Gnomes. I appreciate the uh, formalities. So yes, I'll get I'll get behind you all. <laughs> so he he runs in the back. All right. So you go down the staircase. Um, it's like a passageway. Takes a couple twists and turns, but in in a minute, you enter out into an empty room. It's about it's a square room, much like most Dungeons and Dragons rooms. <laughs> I guess most rooms are square, square <laughs> or rectangles. It's like fifty feet by fifty feet. There's candles burning around um, on the sides of. Of all the walls, so it's it's lit. It's dimly lit, but it's still lit. And you you kind of just assume that they must be magic of some sort, since it doesn't seem like anyone's been down here for a really long time. So you're like, hmm, most candles don't last that long. Um, and there's skeleton bones just kind of scattered, scat, scattered, scattered, scattered around the room. Slathered, slathered <laughs> skeleton bones just slathered around the room, almost making it not quite, but almost making it difficult terrain. There's just so many skeleton bones. Um, That's a good sign. <laughs> and um, in the in the in the far end opposite you, you see a, a robed, hooded figure sitting cross-legged, and um, although their face is, like, obscured by a hood, uh, you can see they're, they're sitting in, like, a meditative pose, and um, you can see their feet, which are bony skeleton feet, and uh, their hands are folded on their lap, and um, on the ring finger of the the hand, you see a very, a very shiny ring with a bright green emerald on the ring. God, when we talk to him, is he going to make that noise where we can't talk to him and then we keep looking at the door? <laughs> Wait, what? The skeleton uh, talk? We could, when uh, I was yeah. Andrew, <laughs> Just as a quick question, if I scan around the room, do I see any skulls? And if so, are they human skulls? or are they? Um, it's skulls of various, various races. It's a good question. Rob. It's a good question. Talon. <laughs> What's his face? Gnomes shouts excitedly, that, that must be the artifact! I think that's the artifact! And as he shouts this, the figure um, stirs, <clears throat> and you hear a, a deep grumbling voice as the figure stands up, bones cracking, you hear bones cracking as it, as it moves, and the figure says, Who dares disturb the slumber of the great sorcerer Korth? Oh shit! And as he as he says that, he throws back his his hood, and you see the face of like a half man, half skeleton. It's like rotted face. It's like it's like Harvey Dent type thing, except yeah. not just half his face. So there's like um, there's like muscles on his jaw that you can see, and then like one of his eyes is just gone, and it's just like a skeleton. It's just like a skeleton, but it's not like symmetrical. It's not, or I guess that's the opposite of symmetrical. But it's not just one side of his face. It's kind of like yeah. there's just rotted parts of face all over. That's how I like yeah. him. And the tension is clear. He's go Sherlock Gnomes at your service. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you, you got a little something right there. Got a little flesh falling off your face. Any any response? Oh, he asks us a question? He's, he said, who, are, who dares well, disturb the slumber of the great sorcerer? Maybe he's into the Magnificent Four. <laughs> I'll be like, oh my god. <laughs> 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 Selling t-shirts. 
Oh, we're just a traveling band. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> we happen to wander into the this dead end room at the bottom of the staircase in the a secret passageway. Yeah. <laughs> We just always draw random geometric shapes on <laughs> lipstick. <laughs> uh, should we ask why he's down here? You, sure, you can ask. Why are you down here? So as as Talon asks that, Korth, or who you assume to be Korth, he starts responding, but then with his one one actual eye, as he's eyeing Talon, he sees the amulet around your neck, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says he says thieves. You stole my artifacts. This is exactly how our fourth edition campaign works. (laughs) We're just here to return it. (laughs) Don't destroy any religious symbols. (laughs) He says, this room shall be your tomb. And go ahead, roll initiative. Are there any goblins? (laughs) (laughs) Goblins attack! (laughs) Musical version? Goblins attack! Hugh Jackman's attack. This is is broken Oh, but that's perception, right? Dang it. But you already got two? Ridiculous. Oh, These wow. dice are broken. Goblins attack! <laughs> the musical. Korth, 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 Korth. Gonna fight Korth. Gonna fight Korth. Korth and goblins. No, not goblins. Never mind goblins. They aren't goblins. Korth. <laughs> All right, Azir, what'd you get? Uh, natural 20, which Ooh. means uh, 25 for initiative. Talent? Eleven. Al. Natural twenty, but only twenty-three. Oh wow! Seriously, <laughs> that is uh, sixteen. All right. So uh, let's just go around. Azir, you have twenty-eight health, I believe. Yes, <laughs> normally, yes. Twenty-eight health. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, Talon, what do you have? Twenty-three. Thaddeus, thirty-three. And Alfred, thirty-three. All right. So it's going to be um, Azir's turn first. Is there a way to aim? Is there an aiming mechanic? You can ready an action, but I don't know what that means. Like like to hit a specific part of the body? Correct. Yes. How does that work? I don't know. Like, there might be a difficulty, like, to hit addition. Like, if you wanted to Mm. hit his hand, I guess you want to try to knock his I mean, last time I did this, and yeah, and I think... uh, With the the scorpions. Yeah, but this is like... certain things. Yeah, that was like... Oh, it's bigger. Yeah. uh, And roughly how far away... Is it, um, you said it's a 50-foot 50, 50 It's a 50-foot room. room. He was on the other side, so you're about 45 feet away. Okay. I, I asked because I would like to aim a throwing item at his fleshy parts, not... Uh, like, he's a skeleton, so piercing <coughs> weapons on skeletons usually don't work. <laughs> There's a dart just sticking out of his face. <laughs> but uh, we'll worry about that some other time. I'll just rush in and uh, use my bow staff. You, can, you have a speed of 45? I have a speed of 40... Uh, which is not 45. <laughs> well, shucks. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move, advance 40 feet and use a key point to cast Fangs of the Fire Snake, which uh, increases my unarmed strikes by 10 feet uh, because giant flame whips are coming out of my hand. <laughs> and I will mm-hmm. attack with an unarmed attack. Sorry, I know you just said this, but how many feet? Is 50 feet away? It's 45 feet away. 45, okay, that's where you the speed there. So, um, let's see. Yeah, that's what. Of course, because I just used my 20. Uh, I got nine. Nine hit. Nine hit. Um, no. Negative. All right, so that's that. So now you're within, you're five feet away from him? Correct. 
Alright, cool. Uh, Alfred. We we did see the an artifact near him. He's wearing a ring. He's wearing the ring. One ring to rule them all. I called dibs. Dibs. You did. It was on the ring. You did. That's the first thing we say to him. <laughs> dibs. Why are ring. you here? Dibs on the ring. All right. I'm gonna cast <laughs> heat metal on the ring. All right. Is there <laughs> like uh, uh, so we screwed this up last time. I think. So it's the range is sixty feet, so it's going to hit. Mm-hmm. Choose any metal object. I can see you cause the object to glow hot red. Any creature in physical contact with the object takes three d eight fire damage when I cast the spell. Until the spell ends, I can use the bonus action to cause it happen again. If a creature is holding or wearing the object and takes the damage from from it, the creature must succeed on a Constitution saving throw or drop the object if it can. If it doesn't drop the object, it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until the start of his next turn. So he's going to take the damage, and wow. then on his turn... Oh, no, no, sorry. If the creature is holding an object, the creature must succeed on a constitution saving throw or drop the object. If it doesn't drop the object, it has disadvantage. What the hell does this, this saving throw do? It's not to prevent the damage. It's to drop it. But he can drop it if he... But what? So if, if it was like a sword. If he drop can't it. drop it? If he didn't want to drop it. If he doesn't drop, so it's a saving throw to drop it in time as a reflex. If he doesn't drop it as a reflex, you take the damage is what causes the reflex. Though, a- after he takes the damage, he can use it. He can try to drop it. Correct, and that's a saving throw to drop it or drop the object if it can. Hmm. And then the second part is only when he has the object on him, and it's, it's not even a reaction. His thing. Wait. So what do we? What's the question? It's going to what? Damage, right? What does the Constitution saving throw do? If he wants to hold on to it. Yeah, if I want to hold on to it. Like, if it was a weapon or something, I would want to... Or drop it if it can. Okay, so he's going to make a saving throw to automatically drop it. So if he succeeds the saving throw, he will hold on to it, but still take the damage, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then regardless, uh, on his turn, whatever, he will make the saving throw. Because it's not... Dropping is it's not a reaction. Like, it's the constitution, so it's like, even if he wanted to wear it, if he fails that saving throw, he'll be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so then, then I'm just going to do that I'm going to heat metal on him Alright And he's going to take And it automatically deals damage? Yeah, it's going to glow red hot It's going to do 3d8 fire damage So it's going to do 16 damage Alright, nice So uh, that's your that's your move? Yeah, I'm going to run as I'm going to run 30 feet away I'm going to be nowhere near it Because I don't need to be You don't need to see it? to for, No, not for, not for the, the concentration As long as I can maintain the concentration Okay so I'm going to run 30 feet away and hide as much as I can. <laughs> However, if he takes the ring off, you're not going to know. So you're just going to be sitting there concentrating on... You can hear, on, I can hear, you can hear a, a ring being taken off of a finger. Being dropped? No, if, if he drops on the ground, I'll hear mm, it. From 100 feet away? We'll yell it. When we from see. 80 feet away. From 80 feet away, you could hear a... But People are, like, tell. shuffling through skeletons. Yeah, right? I guess. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could basically waste my turn doing it again until someone tells me. So I'm just going to do that and the runaway and go, Guy, tell me if he drops it. That is. So I guess I'll go 30 feet closer to him and then dodge. I can do that, right? You can prepare a dodge. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot to write, I forgot to roll initiative for gnomes who rolled really low anyways. Oh, God. You should... Um, I'm just going to hit him with this magnifying glass. <laughs> You could ready an attack to light him on fire. Yeah, I mean, use the trip globe, of course. <laughs> so couldn't couldn't Thaddeus just ready an attack so that if he comes up to him, he can swing at him? Isn't that what readying does? Like you yeah. you specify oh. a triggering action. 
Yeah. So basically, if you like just stood there with your sword up, and then if he came within range, you would strike. Now, what? How does that affect my next turn? But if he comes within range, doesn't? Oh, right. You think you leave range? Sorry. So he uh, basically, if you readied an action, it would just be done. Like nothing would happen if if it, nothing triggered. Yeah. If if it didn't get triggered next turn, you just have your normal. Turn. Just, well, say it gets triggered. That's what I'm saying. So I, it would get triggered on his Immediate, turn, right? His turn. Yeah. 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 And then so you then, have. Whatever your turn again. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I almost get two attacks. Okay, then I guess I'm ready to attack. Okay. So uh, you, okay. I mean, unless you want to play defensively and dodge, like. Do you think it's different, just there? No, I just I don't like to talk strategy while we're in combat. If you want to talk rules, we can talk rules. But I, I didn't. Uh, I don't think you knew that was an option, right? Yeah, that's fine. But I will not advise you on what to do. I'm just <laughs> the hand of the king. Yeah. So is that what you did? Yeah, already. So you moved 25 feet? Hmm? Uh, sorry, 30 feet. 30 feet? So yeah. you're 15, 15 feet away from him? Okay, cool. It is uh, Korth's turn. So he has to take a wisdom saving throw? Constitution saving throw to drop the item. Against? 14. All right, so he fails it. So he whips off in a... He yells, Aah! and he rips off the ring and throws it to the ground in a pile of skeleton bones. And, <laughs> and and I he, need to complete my set. <laughs> and in a rage, he yells, "You will suffer!" And his hands glow, like with like a green energy around them. And he like raises up his hands, much like the um, the the portrait. The, the portrait, yeah. And um, two sets of bones start to like uh, kind of rattle, and two skeletons form up. Um, one next to him. And one uh, next to... Actually, on the other side of Thaddeus. So Thaddeus was kind of... You were looking at Korth, and it, it shows up kind of like a little bit behind you. So it's like you you ran past it. Okay, okay. So I'm going to dragon glass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he does that, and then he looks at Azir, and uh, his uh, t- only to Azir, his, his one eye, because he, he only has one eye left, it just starts to glow green, but only Azir here sees this. And go ahead, roll a wisdom saving throw. Six. Six. Oh, boy. <laughs> so um, all of a sudden, Azir starts seeing these, like, hallucinations in his head. Like, it, this... We not hear this? Yeah. Close. Is this a charm? I was, I was about to say, this isn't a charm thing. It, it doesn't say creatures who are immune to being charmed. Nope. Okay. So um, even though he's already a, f- a frightful-looking fellow, he starts to look appear to you just like a, a, a horrific monster, and it is it is the most disturbing. And like bugs are like crawling out of him and stuff like that, and it's just like the most disturb. Like the whole room kind of just goes black around, over- except for this figure, and you can't take your eyes off of him, and you just you just start kind of like babbling because you are so frightened. So you are you are frightened until the next turn and as well you are also because you are so scared you are paralyzed um, until the next turn. So you have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls. Um, you can't move closer to him. Ne- this is just next turn. Uh, and you're paralyzed which means you're incapacitated. You can't move or speak. Uh, you automatically fail strength and dexterity saving throws. Um, attack rolls have advantage, and any attack that hits is a critical hit. Okay. All right. All right. Open up. No problem, guys. Hey. <laughs> Zip it. Nothing out of you. <laughs> um, so you see Azir kind of just kind of uh, 
he, he had his bow staff because he was charging at him. He had his bow staff like at the ready. He was within like ten feet of him. Oh no, you used the attack. Yeah, and then he, yeah, and then you, he was kind of getting ready to do another attack, and then all of a sudden he just kind of like drops his guard and is just like staring at the. He's just like staring at this uh, at Korth in like, and you're just like, what the heck is going on? Because he's just like not. He's just like staring at him, and you hear him like babbling a little bit, and then just kind of he just kind of stops talking and he's just staring at him. And um, so Korth does that, and then Korth walks the f- ten feet, ten feet up to him, and just kind of like places his hand on, against against Azir's chest, and you see like that same green emanating glow, and it's, it's almost like a pulse rifle. It just goes like when it like shoots. Shoots green energy into Azir, and um, let's see. What's your armor class? Eighteen. Oh, ho, ho. and somehow he um, it, something must have gone wrong in the whatever spell he was casting, whatever he was doing, because Azir doesn't seem to be affected by overconfidence. <laughs> he does not seem to be affected by this this attack, and that is um, that's the end of his turn. It's Talon's turn. So there's now two skeletons in Korth. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use Chromatic Orb and then twin it with a sorcery point to attack the two skeletons. Okay. So, oh, wow. Both of them are 24. All right, that's two hits. So the one on the left takes 12, uh, and the one on the right takes 13. All right. So the one on the left is like... <laughs> You blow off its leg. It's just kind of like hopping around on one leg at this point, one skeleton leg, and the other one just kind of it hits him right in the chest, and it's just like a bowling ball hitting a bunch of pins, <laughs> just kind of like bones scatter everywhere. Nice. Um, all right, nice, very nice. It is um, Gnomes' turn. Gnomes's. So he was in the back. He he kind of like is seeing all this, and 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 at first. When you're kind of like looking at him, you're like, "Oh, this is this guy's like uh, useless and useless in battle. Like he's when he's just gonna get himself killed." And then you just see this big like smirk go over his face, and he just starts going, "Yes, yes!" And he he like throws open his he throws open his um, his duster coat, and inside his coat he has he has two hand crossbows like holstered on on either side, and just like a, a belt. Of bolts and like a, a thing across, like draped across his Bandolier himself, yeah, like with all these bolts inside. And he like he like whips out the two crossbows and like they like spin around a couple times. And he's like, "Let's do this!" And he just charges. He starts charging towards um, the first. He starts charging towards the first skeleton who was only he was halfway in between, so he was only like twenty feet away from him. Uh, so gnomes gets up. Right up to the right up to the skeleton, and like with one arm, he just kind of like runs up, and he doesn't even break his stride. And he, as he's running by one of the skeletons, he like points the the crossbow bolt to his head and uh, takes a fire, and embarrassingly misses. <laughs> um, and without breaking his stride, he runs. Um, he or, or sorry, he doesn't break his that does break his stride because he misses and he's like oh fuck and then he, he <laughs> so he does he kind of spins around and, and takes another shot at that same skeleton and rolls a 20 ah, <laughs> nice so he just, does the first one is just a decoy <laughs> so he does some damage and that skeleton crumples over and you see him he like he like 
does a couple twirls with the crossbow again, and he like slams it into his sides, and it it like cl- you hear like a, two clicks, and then he pulls it back up again, and it's like the crossbows are loaded again. <laughs> nice. So yeah, the two skeletons are dead, oh. and it's uh, back to the top of the order with Azir. I, I'm sitting this out. Is that right? Yes, Azir. <laughs> I don't know why I was uh, doing that. Azir kind of just is standing there. And it's Alfred's turn. All right, since none of you idiots told me he dropped the ring. <laughs> Gonna do nothing. Because I, I mean, I, don't, I have no idea where I'm hiding. I'm just 30 feet away from where, where we were. I guess you just ran back into the, the passageway. So uh, I'm with Melvis. Hello <laughs> 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 <Whoa> there. <laughs> right. No, I was telling you, really kicking his ass down there. <laughs> no, no, you're not. You're not back that far. You're like so. Our things. You're just like thirty feet. It was the passageway was more than thirty. Okay, feet, so you're just so yeah. I mean, I was just back there hiding, and I see everything going on. So he's dropped the ring, so there's no point yeah. for me to use the bonus action to make it glow hot again. Yeah, you can see. You can look to the passage, and I'll get it back clink. to you. Clink, clink, clink. But at this point in time, I'm really far back then. Yes. So you're like 75 feet away from him. Where did he throw the ring? Directly below. He just dropped it. Mage okay. handed it back onto his hand. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it. Burn it again. <laughs> well, that would, I mean, that would break the concentration of the first spell. Oh, you're right, you're right. Oh, well, then you'd be recasting no. it. Mage hand does not take concentration. Really? Oh. Hmm. So you just have to, have to beat him up. Good old fashioned. Beat him up. Yeah, no, none of my, my friends are near him, or is Azir near him? Azir is like, uh, he's engaged with him. Damn it, Azir. Well, Azir's not really, I don't know if it's, you can say Azir is engaged right now, but the creature is engaged with him. I'm too far away to do anything. Oh, I can shoot him with my crossbow now. You're going to have to move back into the room to shoot him with your crossbow. What? You're gonna have to move back into the room. Tish. Oh, because it's like you know, it's like a doorway. There's no way. Okay, I'd be like shooting through all right. through all these and if people. If that's the case, then I will move back in the doorway, try to find the most best hiding spot. There might not be a good hiding spot there. Um, so I'll move the thirty feet back in, I guess. So now, how far away am I from? Forty-five feet. Oh fucking hell! It's <laughs> gonna have to levitate him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I will cast Dissonant Whispers All right. on him, because he's within range. So he's got to succeed a 14 wisdom saving throw. He does not succeed. Ooh, he's going to take damage. Psychic damage. All right, he takes eight psychic damage. All right. And has to use his reaction to move as far away as he can from all of us. He's at the back of the room. <laughs> <laughs> or he moves back five feet. And then, as bonus action, I'm going to give Palin Bardic Inspiration. Thank you. That's my whole move. Bardic Inspiration. All right, Thaddeus. Um, just quick recap, where is everybody in the room right now? You are, like, in the middle of the room, okay. kind of near um, Gnomes. You're a little in front of Gnomes. Azir is standing in front of Korth, and then... Talon is in the back, right? Yeah, used ranged attack, and Talon's with Alfred. In the and those two skeletons are destroyed, right? They're destroyed, right? yeah. Right, okay, and um, so I'm going to first, I'm going to do, uh, I think it's Valve Enmity, uh, which will give me advantage, and then run up to him and attack. Melee. Okay. So, I'm going to roll to hit. Get it? Bam, bam, bam. Um, 18 plus 5. That's a hit. Okay. Uh, then I do 
Oh, nice. It worked out. Because I get advantage, right? So oh I get to roll God. twice. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Nice. So, um, so roll the crit. Cool. Roll it, double it. My ad, blah, blah, blah. Modifier, yeah. Okay, so 23. But I also get another hit because that's just since I'm a orc, half orc. So I get one more of these. Nice. Oh, nice. Um, 31. 31. Wow. And what are you attacking with? Melee. Just so it's what uh, is it? Your sword slashing, I think. Okay, nice. It is Korth's turn. So he, um, you see him take his gaze off of um, off of Vizier, who who kind of like is released from whatever was holding onto him, and he kind of snaps back to reality. Oops! There goes gravity. Mom spaghetti, and. Um, <laughs> And he turns his gaze to look at Thaddeus. So Thaddeus, go ahead and roll a wisdom saving throw. Oh, What'd you roll? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, All right. So everyone close your ears. <laughs> oh, I've never gotten to do this before. Something new? Uh, no, it's not. So, um, so he's like... literally the first time I've been in this. <laughs> it's so cool, he looks at you and his one eye glows like green and, and the rest of the room kind of just like it it just everything dims and you just are looking like you can't you're transfixed looking at him and everything else just like goes black and he's already like grotesque looking but he just he starts you start hallucinating you start to see him like he's like changing shapes and he's just turning into a monster and like bugs and stuff are just like crawling around him and it's it is the scariest shit that you have ever seen in your life and um, you are both frightened and paralyzed, so uh, you can't move at all. You're going to automatically fail strength and dexterity saving throws, and attack rolls against you have advantage, and any attack that hits you is a critical hit. Wow. Um, nothing you can do about it. So I, I can't break out of it? No. That was what you rolled for. All right, you can open oh, yeah, up. Yeah, at the end of his turn? Nope. So he reaches out towards, towards again. Two. He didn't even. He didn't even make a gesture. But two more skeletons pop up throughout the room. Uh, one is back towards you two, and uh, oh, I should probably. This is a podcast. One is back towards Alfred and Thaddeus. Um, Alfred and Talon, and the other comes up kind of next to next to him, where um, Azir and Thaddeus and Korth are. So two Why more. isn't he in the back of the room? Because he was scared. He ran away. He's in the back of the room. Okay. Which which is where everyone else... Well, well, sorry, which is where Thaddeus ran up to him, and Azir was only five feet away from... The- but these people were near each other. With Distant Whispers, he's, he's, he's reaction to move as far away as possible from all of us. Well, from me, at least. Should yeah. he be in the back of the room? He's in the back of the room. Oh, That's that this was... Small room. Okay. You're in the front of the room. You're in, like, the this entrance. This is a very room. small room? Yes. Okay. 50. Ten feet from the back of the room. Okay. So he moved, like... Ten feet back. So there's two more skeletons. So he attacks. He attacks Thaddeus again with his glowing green lantern fist. What's your armor class? Eighteen. And he somehow misses again <laughs> from two people that are not moving at all. It's pretty embarrassing. Um, Doesn't he have advantage? Yes, he does. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So that's the end of his turn.